not only do I recommend this company, but this is the only company I would choose for a ski vacation. And now that we're teasing them with ideas about Costa Rica or um, about going back into the yachting world with moving oceans, that um, they're, uh, we're getting a lot of very po positive responses because what we may not realize is just how many um, ideas about vacation plans people may have, but they've part of the reason why they've never done that before is they've never known how or they've never felt like they were quite ready to trust somebody with that, that set of plans. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Zach here. Quick question before we dive into today's chat. So are you ever scrolling on Instagram and you see these like ridiculously beautiful Airbnbs that look like they're fresh out of a dwell or restoration of hardware magazine? And have you ever wondered to yourself, like how the heck are these hosts able to afford to furnish their spaces so elegantly? Well, I wondered this too, until I found out that there's actually a secret that many of the best Airbnb hosts know that enable them to buy things like West Elm media consoles, crate and barrel couches, and parachute sheets at prices that you just really can't get anywhere else. And that secret? Well, it's Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. If you have more than one short-term rental, chances are that you use some sort of system for your property management, right? Whether it's like a guestie or an uplisting. Well, Minoan is the system that hosts use for furnishing and refreshing their homes. Minoan provides hosts with a one-stop shop to get hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands and a system where you can manage all of the ordering, all of the tracking, all of the returns, et cetera, in in one place, which obviously just saves you a lot of time and money. Oh, and the best part, again, is that Minoan is totally free. Like, no membership fees, no annual dues, nada. Like, it's almost too good to be true, except for the fact that, well, it is true. <laughs> and if you thought Minoan couldn't get any better, well, that's actually where you would be wrong. So I want you to stay tuned for more info in just about 15 minutes from now that'll make you want to sign up for Minoan the minute this episode is over. All right, so stay tuned in just a few minutes and hear a little bit more about why you want to sign up for your free, totally free Minoan account the minute this podcast is over. In just a moment, you'll meet Robin Cragen, co-founder and CEO of Moving Mountains, a luxury collection of lodging properties in Steamboat Springs, Beaver Creek, Vail, and Breckenridge, Colorado. Robin began his hospitality entrepreneurship journey alongside his wife, Heather, at sea. Yes, you heard that right. The Cragens ran a luxury yacht charter business around the British Virgin Islands. And while sailing the stunning waters of the BVI was nothing short of a dream, Robin and Heather had higher aspirations. The couple moved to Steamboat Springs, Colorado and decided to open a ski chalet business. And that business, well, they called it Moving Mountains. And today they manage more than 200 properties across Colorado's most desirable ski towns. 
In this conversation, Robin shares his musings on the current state of vacation rentals, his thoughts on how to best leverage OTAs. He talks about how he scaled a team to manage 200 plus properties with the kind of service and attention to detail of a five-star resort. He talks about why he thinks moving mountains generates so many returning guests, and also about how he's thinking about growing in other vacation destinations with his soon-to-be-launched sub-brands, Moving Beaches and Moving Oceans. All right, folks, without further ado, get ready to meet Robin. Okay, Robin, we are live. Thank you so much for joining me today, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Zach. Nice to be here. Nice to see you. Likewise. And uh, we were right before we hit record here, we were talking about pickleball and how you uh, have developed an affinity for for this sport and how I have been trying to and aspiring to develop an affinity. I just haven't had the opportunity to play yet. So um, well, maybe maybe this maybe that chat is going to be the motivation you were looking for. I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, it, it is something that is sweeping across the nation. We're seeing short term rental hosts literally design places and in, in their homes around pickleball courts, which is also just nuts. So um, it'll be fun to see how this amenity continues to evolve and Really, like I'm also always thinking about what's the next pickleball, right? Like what what comes what comes after pickleball that we can start thinking about and 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 hopping on uh, on board with now. Yep, absolutely. Well, I am uh, thrilled for this chat, Robin, because we were connected actually through Will Slickers, who is a you know a great uh, entrepreneur in the space. He owns Hospitality FM, of which my podcast is is a part of his network now, which is very exciting. And Will had nothing but really incredible things to say about you, Robin. But one of the things he told me in particular, he was like, "Look." You're when you when you when you interview Robin, you're you're basically interviewing like a legend. He's been around in the industry for a while. He knows a lot, and so that was. It, Will's never said that about anyone else. He's introduced me to. So I'm just very very excited for for our chat. And I wanted to just yeah. kick things off by hearing sort of the the genesis of of Moving Mountains, which is your which is your hospitality company. You can tell me where that starts to, you know, wherever the story starts in your mind, I, I want to go there. And then I want to just hear a little bit about its evolution and, and how you've grown your company. Well, thanks, Zach. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, very flattering to, to be labeled a legend. I think it's uh, a testament to uh, everyone who's part of our team, but we're, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year and uh, looking around the landscape of vacation rental managers realized that there's a handful of uh, of us that are still in this that have been doing it for a while. And there's many, many more people that have come into this industry in recent years. But uh, our origin story, um, uh, I co-founded Moving Mountains with my wife, Heather, and who's still very much actively involved in the company. And we have, uh, you know, we, we came up with the idea of this, um, this business while we were running a luxury charter yacht in the British Virgin Islands. So... Mm. That in itself is a world away from what we do today, but in in many ways is, is we're still very connected to our roots in that experience for us working, um, providing hospitality and great experiences, living and working on a boat. Um, that's actually a kind of a more challenging environment to operate in. Yeah. Um, you know, when we moved to, uh, it was interesting when we moved to Colorado and said to people we were planning to transition that experience of offering people great vacations on a yacht, we were going to do that in a ski chalet in Colorado. And when we got to Colorado and explained everything we wanted to do, um, providing 
meals and other services and and sort of essentially trying to answer every question that the guest or or, or meet every need that the guest might have um, before they would even necessarily ask for it. Uh, people looked at us and said, wow, that just, I mean, it just sounds like so much work. And <laughs> I mean, to be honest, our our straight answer was, well, you should try doing this on a yacht. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's a great environment in which you learn to be very resourceful. Hmm. Um, but we also kind of learned um, so many things that I think we still talk about today, you know, that we lived for hearing that feedback from the guests saying, you know, that was one of the best vacation experiences that we've ever had. Hmm. And, um, you know, that's something that I think our, our team now, um, has to hear in order for them to feel like, you know, they're really playing at the top of their game. Yeah. Um, so that, that's our origin story. Um, it's, it's not something you can easily fit into five minutes to say, <laughs> well, how did you get here 25 years later? But, uh, but I do uh, remind myself that we didn't get here quickly. Hmm. We took our time. Um, we've learned as we've gone. Um, I love uh, a, a kind of a commentary series that's uh, floating on LinkedIn right now from Brooke Fouts that uh, is talking about the mistakes we've made and the things mm. we've learned from. And uh, and I mean, I'm fond of saying we're a product more of our, our, of our failures sometimes than our successes. So yeah. it's been a journey. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I want to go back and hear a little bit about what it was like running these vacations while while living on a yacht. How, first and foremost, how often, like how, how much of the year were you living on, on board the ship? Oh, we were living on the boat pretty much year round. Wow. I mean, you know, this, there was a seasonality to it as well, just like there is in this uh, ski market we're, we're currently centered on right now. So, uh, you know, the main season being over the winter, you basically, you can operate outside of hurricane season. Yeah. Um, so year round, you are caring for and maintaining um, the yacht. And uh, we were a very busy boat for a number of reasons. Um, and so, you know, in between a lot of the maintenance work that you're trying to do with the boat is in and around when you have guests on the boat, which is yeah. not that unlike um, a vacation rental home. Yeah, yeah. You know, managing and care for, caring for a home in itself, we think of that as being a really separate set of tasks, and we speak about that separately in our in our owner agreements yeah. from from what we do for the guests. So it's as important for us, especially on a yacht. You know, if you don't take care of it, it's going to sink pretty quick, or <laughs> problems going to arise. Yeah. And uh, if you run into a problem that um, prevents you from going out on charter, then you're impacting the financial viability of that experience for the owner of the yacht and uh and you're compromising people's vacation plans. Yeah. So, you know, it 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 taught us very quickly and this is this is a theme that echoes through our company now is on a on a daily basis is to be proactive rather than reactive. Hmm. And um, you know, that that can show up to your benefit in every aspect of how you run this kind of business. Yeah. So we we try to prevent problems before they're happening on a yacht. Uh, we do routine maintenance and servicing because reliability is everything and safety is everything. Yeah. Um. And you know, from there, we run into that creates less problems for us. Quite frankly, less time spent messing around in the engine room. Yeah. Um. You know, the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I would imagine. Is there was there like an an amenity? 
uh, or two that you all offered on the yacht that was uh, that guests like loved in particular, or, or that might might even surprise some of our listeners. I think right most most of the folks who are tuning into this conversation are in the hospitality space, obviously, and they've got their own vacation rentals, they've got their own short term rentals. Many of them have built up really cool boutique brands around the collection of their homes, but I don't know that any of them have ever been responsible for hosting uh, guests on a yacht. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of listeners that, that might have done that for a season well, or two, but talk to us a little bit about like the amenities that might surprise us that you all offered. You know, I don't know that we had that many amenities that would be that surprising other than, um, you know, where we were located. Uh, it's in, in some ways connected to like where we're located right now in Colorado and the Rocky Mountains. These beautiful locations yeah. are one of your greatest amenities right outside the door. Yeah, and uh, where we where we took people sailing around the islands, I mean, it truly is one of the most amazing places to do a sailing vacation. It's it's easy, it's comfortable, it's interesting, and uh, you can explore and you can kind of feel like you're you're having an adventure and you're getting a little off the beaten path. And I mean, that was part of what we could bring to that experience and we've always translated that into um into our experiences in Colorado is being able to I think that the guest is always looking for maybe something that's just not the beaten path mm. um something unique uh unique experiences um and you know we learned to pay very special attention to our guests and get to know them we didn't really want to see ourselves as treated as just you're the crew yeah yeah you know we were part of that experience and we've we've really kind of trained our staff to um try to have those personal connections yeah you know we talk about that we're in the relationship business more than we're in the vacation rental industry hmm. um i don't really love that term space yeah <laughs> um because it sounds kind of abstract to me <laughs> um i think this uh, when i say industry um i I think of it as because it involves work, because mm. we have to be industrious. We have to work at this. Mm. Um, this is not an easy business. I think, you know, you could be tricked into thinking that, oh, this is just a, a you know, a business play, uh, you know, a, a sort of a game of monopoly in some ways. That certainly I'm a little mystified when I go to some conferences and I see people sitting on stage and talking about their greatest achievement as their latest funding round, as opposed to um, the guest experiences that we see being created every day. So, um, you know, that's where our focus is on, you know, we focus on making sure that it's a good experience for our staff and that our staff are enjoying and and supported in their work. And then that translates into what we do for our owners and how we care for the, the 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 homes, the assets that they allow us to to work with, and then it leads to the experience for the guest. Yeah, you know that's kind of how our universe is aligned currently. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a that's such an an astute observation, um, which probably shouldn't be that astute, but it's funny because like in in all the conversations I I have with folks, I do feel like the uh, unfortunately not often enough do you do you hear sentiments like the one you just shared, right? About about it really being about guest experience and really under like that that being the the source of joy, that being the exciting thing that gets your team up in the morning ready to ready to rock, right? It does I, and I, I feel like this is probably indicative of sort of just where we're at in the industry and and quite frankly 
a lot of the institutional capital that has come into, I almost said the space, uh, that has come into the industry more recently, right? And, and, and quite frankly, because of COVID, a lot of people who had not ever even considered joining this industry have have hopped into the hospitality space have are trying to learn everything that they can about vacation rentals and and short-term rentals and so i think it's easy and quite frankly probably too easy to sort of forget that the core of of this business as you just so eloquently said is relational it's 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 about people it's about designing experiences that quite frankly will live on in people's memories for the rest of their lives like that's ultimately what we're trying to do here yeah i mean i think it's a built it's a business or, or an industry that's built around um you know what are the most important experiences people have in their lives i think most people would tell you vacation time is their best time hmm. uh, you're living your best days typically you're spending it more with friends and family than your co-workers you know we love our co-workers but um, you know, it's what we do away from work that yeah. often kind of validates why we do the, you know, whatever we do for a living. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the industry has changed, um, in many ways, um, quite dramatically. Yeah. Um, but the fundamentals still need to tie back to, you know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, you know, you owe it to yourself if you're in business to, to operate in this, in this, I'll, I'll use that word space. Um, <laughs> um, if you if you want to if you want to get into this, you you owe it to yourself to run a profitable and um, um, you know well run business. Yeah. But um, it's the it's the why. You know, mm. ask yourself why. Um, we like that question. It ties back to our company culture. Why you do what you do is uh, is equally important. If you can add meaning to people's work which we um think our company culture really translates that well to our to our team um then that gives them um kind of a reason to work as hard as they do yeah um and if we can support them in that then then they're going to do the best job that they can yeah for the uh the owners we work with and the guests that come to stay in those homes All right, friends, it's me again with just a wee bit more info about our friends at Minoan. So in addition to providing hosts with a completely free system to help streamline furnishing and granting hosts access to hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands, Minoan also enables hosts to make their homes shoppable in a way that's subtle and also sophisticated. So here's an example of how this works. Let's say a guest sends you a message remarking how well they slept during their stay. And they ask, you know, what kind of mattress was in the master bedroom because when they get home they want to buy a new mattress because again they had just such a beautiful night's sleep right well as it turns out it was a purple mattress that you had ordered via Minoan when you were furnishing your home. Well, if that guest does go and buy a purple mattress, Minoan thinks that you should get a cut of that sale, right? After all, it was a great night's sleep on your mattress that convinced this guest that they had to have the same one. So Minoan's technology enables hosts to earn commissions on everything from mattresses to coffee makers and soaps to sofas. You can save on high-end furnishings upfront, and then if you want, you have the ability to earn cash money whenever your guests buy the products that they fell in love with while they were 
staying at your vacation rental. So again, you don't have to do this, right? You can just use Minoan to buy these incredible, glorious furnishings for your home. You don't also have to make your home shoppable, but if you want to do that, Minoan provides a really easy, simple way to do this that does not, you know, disturb guest experience. It's not like there's like price tags on everything, right? Like it's a very subtle, very sophisticated, kind of like one little QR code uh, that you can put anywhere in your in your home and folks can go in and, and explore the um, the furnishings uh, around your space just by quickly scanning that, that QR code. You could throw it in your, you know, on your kitchen sink, near your kitchen sink, or you could put it, you know, near, uh, near the guest bedroom, whatever it might be, right? Um, so I want you to take a moment right after this conversation, or you could pause the episode and do this right now. And I want you to sign up for a free account at MinoanExperience.com. Please, please, please tell the folks there that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Just head on over to Minoan, that's M-I-N-O-A-N, experience.com. And again, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate you taking some time to check out Minoan. And let me know what you think about their offerings. You know, one, one of the one of the interesting things, Robin, and I'd love your perspective on this because I'm sure you have uh, much much wiser thoughts than I do on this. But it just occurred to me you 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 started your career, you spent years of your career working in a hospitality capacity that that was uh, quite interactive with with guests, right? When you were on on the yacht, right, you're you're interacting with people daily, and oh yeah. What's what's different, right? At least for for most vacation rental companies, right? For for most short term rentals today, is most of, if not all, of the guest communications and and relations happen digitally, right? They happen not face to face, right? The the amount of times that I've I don't think I've ever I, I may, may, maybe a couple times have met the hosts, right? Have met the people, the the property managers behind the places that I've stayed, and I lived, you know, full time in short term rentals for for uh, over 15 months, right? So I I do wonder, right, if, if maybe some of the challenge in the industry that, that you're discussing right now is because they're, we're, we're behind screens, whereas like in the context of a hotel, right, you're, you're interacting with the staff, you're talking to the people at the front desk, you're talking to your cleaning, the cleaners, right, as, as you see them in, in the hallway, you're talking to the bartender, there's more interaction with the brand that's human and and maybe maybe we've lost some of that because most of our interactions are 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 digital. I don't know. Like, what what do you think about that? Um, well, I mean, I think there's still a lot of opportunity to have interaction with the guests. Yeah. Um, and it may not be me because we've grown our team and we all have different responsibilities. And and I mean, and part of that is to do with perhaps where you are, what stage of life your company is. Yeah. You know, as we all know, there are many more individual hosts that are just managing one um one home one vacation rental home um then there are managers who are managing collections of homes yeah so when you are the one-to-one host then i think you can still maintain um that higher level of service it depends if you're an on-site manager versus maybe somebody who is um playing that more tricky game of of delivering that experience and maybe not even being local to that market um, that, that's something that I haven't really understood how you can, I kind of feel like hmm. I want to say, get away with that. <laughs> um, just because the way we think about our business model is we wouldn't even dream of trying it if we couldn't manage the experience from end to end yeah. without concerned about what the quality of that experience could be. And that can be limiting, but I also think that it opens other opportunities for us. Yeah. So, um, 
So I think about it in 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 different ways in terms of um, to go back to your question about um, have we lost sight of that? We look for those opportunities wherever we can find them. We try to personalize um, uh, the experience for the guest, make sure that they know that we're real people. And um, there's a lot of attention paid to making sure that they understand who they're staying with. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean that it, that happens at the very very earliest opportunity. Even if it's uh, an, a platform booking from Verbo or Airbnb or someone like that, yeah, um, or one of our many travel partners, um, we're working hard to try and make sure that the guest understands that they're staying ultimately with Moving Mountains. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know when that when that guest experience happens, then um, our staff all understand the value of showing up whenever they can and presenting um, themselves as part of this brand experience that that we deliver. So. Um, you know, they have name tags, they have uniform, they are trained to um, of how to behave um, and what to say in front of a guest. And, you know, we're we're always looking for those moments. Now, I'm not having those moments yeah. personally myself, but I'm having them through my team and yeah. I'm hearing the feedback through my team. Yeah. And our team is, you know, our team is now seasonally over 100 people. So wow. um, it is kind of interesting to see how how well that's working considering yeah. the size of our yeah i mean that that's something to be incredibly incredibly proud of and like culture starts at the top so that's that's awesome i i do want to ask a little bit more about like the details of um of the the makeup of the business and then i i have some follow up questions sure. to what we were just just chatting about a second ago but can you start by just giving us like a, a the skinny on moving mountain so like how large is, is the portfolio of homes that you manage uh what's what are like the rough makeup of those homes and and um yeah and then you know you you just answered this question but your team is uh, well over 100 you said uh when uh, uh for, in terms of your seasonal staff so just give us sort of the the skinny uh overview of of what moving mountains actually looks like as a business Sure. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we started with one home 25 years ago. We grew that very, very slowly over time. We really were adding just one or two homes per year. We didn't get into this business saying we were going to manage hundreds of homes, but we have brought ourselves through uh, some growth and expansion into four. So we started in Steamboat Springs, okay. growing the business into the Vale Valley, adding Vale and Beaver Creek. And then in 2021, we added Breckenridge. So um, about 200 homes, um, 140 of those are private homes, and uh, 60 we would describe as residences um, or condos. We okay. don't really use the C word around here, but um, <laughs> we also don't use the uh, the, the unit word. Mm, so people okay. talk about the unit count, and and for us, we're very grounded in the idea of it being a home or a residence because of how we think about the experience that we're offering the guest. Interesting. Um, and I think if you if you can adapt that as your language, it's something you sometimes have to untrain and and people that come to you from other other companies is there's no units here. These mm. are all homes. And and we say that because it's really important that we understand, we all understand that the experience is tied back to why the guest would want to stay in a home versus a condo unit somewhere or a hotel somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, uh I am curious, right? Most people like you, Robin, who are committed to taking such great care in terms of their company culture, 
to, to uh, you know essentially establish like a naughty list of words right um like like the c word like the uh the a for airbnb word like like the s word for space like the u word for unit right like i, I it's it's fun to learn a little bit about how a little more about how you how you see how you see your role right in in the industry and your in your role in the context of of, of your company and 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 I, I would argue that most people that are taking it this seriously are probably in the business of, of trying to offer an experience so that a guest comes back, right? And so there, there's lots of talk right now around uh, loyalty, right? And this idea of how do, how do you get people to come back? Can you get people to, to come back? What does it mean, right, to, to offer a moving mountains experience such that the guest remembers that and, and wants to come back to maybe not the same moving mountains property, but 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 another moving mountains home, right? And I'm curious, how do you, how do you guys wrestle with that? And what have you found to to work? Like, does it work? I mean, I I see so many people trying, and from what I can see, is it it doesn't work more than it works in terms of building true loyalty at the brand level, right? In in vacation rentals, seems like an incredibly difficult thing to do, unless right you're targeting a guest avatar that really only comes to one place and is really only interested in coming to that same ski chalet like every year. So how do you guys think about loyalty and guest retention and and is it working? Oh, I would absolutely say it's working. There's no question. I mean, and, and I would say um, it's not something that, um, I, f- I forget how you just said it there. Um, it's not something that we said, Hey, we need to start doing this. I think it's because we uh, treated our guests. Like we wanted to have a one-to-one relationship Hmm. from day one. Yeah. At what we started hearing from, from some of those guests who uh, I got to tell you that the first people that stayed with us in Colorado in steamboat Springs, but many of those people were people that sailed with us. We said, okay, I like what you guys are doing. I also like to ski. Yeah. So I'm going to come and check this out. And, uh, and then we started hearing from from even from those early days, those people saying, hey, if you guys were in another location, I mean, you know, if you were in Vail, then, uh, you know, we might consider doing a trip with you there. Huh. And we, we heard that for so many years. Wow. We really, uh, we did try a few different things where we could operate in different locations. We realized that there's some operational challenges that you need to be ready to face. Yeah. And, um you know, we kind of tried a few things, like I said, you know, we things that succeeded and things that didn't. And uh, we kind of realized that the, the first step in our company's uh, life was to focus on um, making sure that we have a really strong business in Steamboat. Yeah. And from there, and it took us 20 years to get to that point, um, from there, we were able to grow into different markets. And from there, we've been able to validate that, um, yes, there are guests who are staying with us in Steamboat, who have now stayed with us in Steamboat, uh, sorry, in Vail or Beaver Creek and are now staying with us in Breckenridge. Yeah. And and now are hearing us talk about um, other experiences that we want to bring to them that are going to, you know, follow that concept of how do we keep the guest in the family? Yeah. And that ties back to that we're now able, we've been able to prove to the guests that you can have a consistently good experience in any place that we manage yeah and so there is that trust you know we've seen it in terms of people coming back to steamboat and saying well you know i come back to steamboat because basically it's you guys you yeah know, this this is such a good experience and 
The challenge for us is to make sure that we meet or exceed the expectations that they had from that from first day. Yeah. So <laughs> that's sometimes like that could be a bar where you're like, oh, I'm hoping they'll have as much fun as they did last time because it's not all of us. Yeah. You know, it's not all on us that it just if it snowed well the first time they came, they're going to be like, oh, that was one of the best yeah. vacations ever. <laughs> and you're like, well, it was great because it snowed every day. Um, they come back the next year. And it doesn't snow every day, and they had challenges getting there, and and uh, you know some things didn't go as as completely as planned. You're still hoping you can come away from that saying that guest is still going to choose to come back and stay with the Moving Mountains yeah. in the future. And I mean, to to their credit, this is what our staff does that um, that I see in the guest surveys and the feedback, you know, and the review. Some of the reviews that people have posted on Google is. You know, this not only do I recommend this company, but this is the only company I would choose for a ski vacation. Wow. And now that we're teasing them with ideas about Costa Rica or oh. um, about going back into the yachting world with moving oceans, that um, they're, uh, we're getting a lot of very po positive responses because what we may not realize is just how many um, ideas about vacation plans people may have, but they've Part of the reason why they've never done that before is they've never known how or yeah. they've never felt like they were quite ready to trust somebody with that that set of plans. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. There's there's yeah. a lot there's a lot to unpack there. I, I <laughs> wanna hear about what why you think I mean, again, this is this sounds cheeky, but I don't mean for it to like what why you think you guys are so special? Like what is it what is it that you're delivering or offering? And you say it's your staff and, you know, but what, is, what does that look like? Because I, I know a number of people that go to vacation rentals as their preferred place to stay as opposed mm -hmm. to a hotel, right? And even those that are managed by some of the, the larger well-known property managers out there, right? I, I don't even know that, like, I, I care about these things because I'm, you know, uh, I'm a, a little bit of obsessive over this industry now. But like when, when I was I was recently having a conversation with some of my buddies who I knew stayed in a in a uh, short term rental that was managed by a, a well-known a nationally recognized um, uh, property manager. And they I asked them, you know, hey, who was your who was your host? Right. Or who you know, who who, who did you stay with? And they didn't even know. Like they were like, I, I don't know. Right. And maybe these are just because these are, you know, late 20 something guys. Right. And they don't really pay attention to this kind of stuff. But but I am I, I'm always intrigued when I hear stories like the one you just shared about people really remembering that they stayed in the moving mountains. Uh, place to begin with and are, are actually making their future travel plans based off of like where you guys might be what is it about your experience that that is so compelling um you know zach it's it's not it's not one thing yeah i think people think you know you just need one magic bullet to yeah. uh to be a success story yeah um in this business but um it is so many different things together so um, it is a, a lot of it can be initially centered around what is that home experience? What is that home even? Yeah. Um, what does it offer? Where is it located? Um, how, how accurately was it presented on the website? You know, there are many, many steps to this. Yeah. Um, you know, we start with incredible photography because we want to show off these homes to be their very best. We're very selective about the kind of homes that we bring into our portfolios. So there is kind of a standard of excellence that we're seeking from from the get go. Yeah. Um, there is a consistency in terms of what is included with the home. You know, making sure that every home um, 
has the right kind of betting configuration to accommodate our primary market, which is families. Yeah. Uh, making sure the kitchen inventory, we have a kitchen inventory that's consistent across 200 homes um, so that the guest, you know, the guest who likes to, as many people like to do in a vacation home, they want to entertain, they want to cook. Yeah. They need to know that there are baking dishes and serving dishes and that they can host a dinner party and that there's the right number of glasses, um, plates. I mean, these sound like basic things and it's shocking to go into a vacation rental and see that a home listed for uh, 12 people has eight dinner plates. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, maybe they never put the right number in there. Maybe they just didn't keep up with breakages. But um, having enough glasses, um, having enough seats at the dining table, hmm. Hmm. Um, you know, thinking through all these things need to align with what are you promising the guest in terms of, of what the home has. Yeah. And then it goes back to what I was saying about um, being proactive and and having reliability, we try to minimize problems that can occur during a stay. So how do you get there? It's by by having detailed checklists, by b- doing diligent um, property management, um, preventative maintenance, um, doing really good off-season work, which is what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, like the deep cleans and the and the deep servicing of things that we don't get to when we have uh, a succession of guests staying with us. Um, so it's all those steps yeah. that are somewhat unseen. Yeah. Um, because people should, you know, they book a house and they show up and they're like, oh, look, looks great. Awesome. In yeah. fact, you know, often it's, it's wow, you know, look at this place. Yeah. Well, they, they may not, you know, a lot of people may not realize just what goes into getting to that yeah. moment in time and having that success. And then I would layer on top of that, you know, the communications that are happening from the very moment that the guest books a reservation with us, um, really for us setting that expectation that we're here to take care of every piece of your vacation. So mm-hmm. if we can help you plan anything from how you get to the from the airport to your home, uh, what the check-in experience is going to look like, what we want to help you get prearranged before you get here so that you have more time for vacation, less time for logistics. Um, so having grocery stocked in the house, maybe mm-hmm. having a personal chef, lined up before they all get booked out, maybe having massage therapy in home before they get booked out, maybe uh, getting you aligned with our our preferred restaurants or favorite restaurants yeah. so that you make those reservations um, ahead of time because if you're traveling with a large group of people, it's not easy to get 12, 15, 20 people into a restaurant together. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just all those things together. Yeah. The communications flow that happens creates this feeling of, okay, you guys have done this before, you've thought of everything, and you're listening to me personally and acknowledging my hopes and dreams for this stay and what do we want to get out of it and what's the individual needs of our group. It's not everybody arriving usually on the same plane. Yeah, it's, uh, People coming from all over the country and then meeting, at, uh, meeting in the location and then trying to have a nice, easy, relaxing vacation, but it's a small army of people that are coming with you that you've got to cook for and, and clean up from and, and take care of and, and all the things that everybody wants to do. I mean, it's, it's kind of mind boggling when you think about all the detail that goes into this. Yeah. So it's, it's success at every step of the game. That is what gets you to that, that outcome where, you know, we're, we're hitting a net promoter score that's above 90 in each of our markets. Wow. Wow. And uh, that's way above the standard that I ask the team to strive for. Um, 
it's sort of like it's in their DNA now that they're not willing to settle for anything less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, one just a just a great testament to the culture and and the standards that that you've built. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. In terms of sort of like follow up, though, like I, 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 you, you said something that was so beautiful. You said, you know, we want to keep the guest in the family, right? Um, and and I love that phrase. What does that look like post stay? Are you are you all regularly serving up sort of offers or or promotions uh, as as a guest finishes off their stay, or what what do communications after checkout look like in order to try to keep the guest in the family? Um, well, there's many steps to that too. I mean, there's, there's more, um, structured communications. We have, uh, year round campaigns on email, okay. we produce a lot of content, um, not so much discounts and offers because that's not really the conversation that the guest necessarily is looking to have with us. We're not, you know, we, there are transactions involved, right? You are renting a home from us and, and allowing us to help you with other pieces of your vacation planning yeah but um we, the conversation for us is not centered around um you know how can we get you to spend more money with us hmm. um we try to keep uh, the guest engaged with updates about what we're doing and new homes and uh, new locations and what's going on in those locations yeah i think part of uh, part of what people enjoy is feeling connected to places that they've gone and stayed and feeling connected to, um, hopefully feeling connected to us as a company. Yeah. We share a lot about company life, company, things we see and do every day, um, come out in social media. Yeah. So it's creating content that creates engagement that keeps the guest. Um, it's like stirring the soup, you know, you're stirring good stuff to the top again. Um, because at some point the guest, if they are going to come back, they're, they're ideally going to have us in mind if they say, well, let's go back to Colorado and then, and then they're calling Moving Mountains and saying, well, we want to come back to Colorado. We may not even have a firm decision on where we want to stay, but, um, you know, we're looking for something similar. Maybe they want to stay in the same home and yeah. try and have the same great experience. A lot of people do that. Um, a lot of people may, their group plans may change from one year to the next. So, you know, last year we took a big house on the hill. This time we want to be slope side in a, in a ski and ski out yeah. uh, residence. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's um, it's uh, many different things together. Yeah. Um, I know a reservations team does what they call a welcome home call, and that's 
where they follow up in person to to begin a conversation about what's next. Wow. And wow. and part of that is um, tapping into FOMO, you know, that you don't want to miss the house that you stayed in last year, which was booked for 80% of the season. If yeah. you're interested in coming back, then just let us know because um, it is starting to fill up already. Well, and that, and that that's, what, that's what I guess I was getting at was like, given the fact that you are in markets like Breckenridge, right, which are... Mm -hmm one of the most if not the most you know visited ski towns in the world right let alone the the country it would seem to me it would only be natural to right after a guest checks out right to slip in some sort of offer of of hey book the same stay or book a book a similar stay a year out and you know get 20 percent off whatever it might be or some sort of incentive if, if they do book now because I, I, you all clearly have delivered such a great experience you've you've got this great brand loyalty it seems and so it's interesting that th those offers aren't aren't served up pretty pretty immediately post post checkout. Um, I mean, at certain times of the year, we run an early bird promotion for um, early booking for the following winter. Okay. Yeah. And okay. Um, you know, so that does allow the guests to get some preferential pricing, um, and we do a VIP loyalty scheme for anybody that's coming back with us. So. I mean, we want to acknowledge that we appreciate the ongoing relationship yeah. and we can offer some preferential terms. But, you know, we're leading with that in a way, um, but it's not that's not our unique selling point is come back because you can save money. I mean, yeah. it's not typically the message when you're at the luxury end of the market. It's more about, hey, we, we value the relationship yeah. and here's an offer um, that's sort of recognizing that. But your biggest motivation to uh to book something with us right now should be fear of missing out yeah yeah yeah. because yeah. you know when you offer unique properties then this is you know to our benefit is i don't have 10 um falcon head lodges yeah in steamboat springs i have i have one yeah yeah, um, yeah i have two sides to that property but um it's a duplex you can rent it as a whole for um you know essentially 10 bedrooms that can sleep up to 30 people um, but there's only one of them. Yeah. And if your group is uniquely fitted to that home and those are the views that you're looking for and the amenities you want to enjoy, then, you know, you, it, once it's booked, it's booked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit of, um, first come first served. Um, and we, we, I'm, I'm amazed that people make as, as many plans as they do a year in advance, yeah. but we have <laughs> a do. lot of guests that are planning already their trip for next year Wow, because they know where they want to stay and, and they want to make sure that they can lock that experience in. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about, uh, email communications and sort of like uh, communications, you know, after booking and after, after stay. But I did want to ask you some questions about, about marketing and yeah. I was doing some, SEO research uh, last night and just uh, running your all's website through my favorite SEO tools to try to understand what you're ranking for and how you're ranking. And it, it, one, of, one of the things I noticed is that you're, you guys are on the first page of, of Google search results for vacation rentals in Breckenridge, which again is a pretty coveted term. Uh, I think you guys are in positions like five to seven, depending on you know the search engine and whatnot. But that that's that's a very you know coveted search term uh there's some decent monthly search volume around that particular term so i'm just curious you know what what does your marketing strategy look like how how do you guys think about introducing yourself to to new guests again we've talked a lot about people about how you remarket to people right once they've stayed with you which is great but yeah what does your guest acquisition strategy look like um well that's uh, a great question um 
you know, guest acquisition strategy, um, yeah, which comes first, it's it's not a chicken and egg situation. <laughs> so, you know, we're, um, we've really, we're actually very fortunate in that the existing clients that we have yeah. do an incredible job of encouraging their friends and contacts to check us out. Yeah. So I think we've been extremely fortunate in that way, um, not only repeat bookings, direct bookings, but um, referrals. So yeah. I would say um, there's a lot of uh, value placed in that. And that and that sort of underscores the value of making sure that by the time the guest leaves, that they know that they stayed with Moving Mountains. Yeah, It's so good if your guest goes home and says, oh, I booked a great place on Airbnb. Because yeah. then that's where the guest is, that their friend is going to go. Exactly. And yeah. you may be lucky and you may not. Yeah. Um, and I think um, in terms of general internet strategy, we have a great uh, website and uh, we've invested in uh, in having uh, you know something as cutting edge as we can as we can find yeah um and you kind of build out from there so um you know battleground zero is is typically regarded as google yeah um, we do a lot of uh, pay-per-click okay and you know these kind of advertising strategies so that you can cap capture people that are searching online yep um but you know, in terms of just not only making connections, but you need what we learn, especially at our end of the business, is you need to help the guests validate why they would choose our company over somebody else's. Yeah. So we place a lot of emphasis on online reviews. Yeah. I don't agree with people that say reviews are yesterday's story. I think um, reviews are still incredible validation of what we do. Yeah. Um, and you don't get the number of five star reviews that we get. I mean, getting someone to write a re review and actually seeing that published yeah. is a tremendous uh, accomplishment as yeah. far as <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so, you know, we kind of we there's work that goes into making sure that that happens. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, our team is trained that there's value in this. So encourage the guest that is saying we're just having the greatest time. Encourage that guest to say, hey, it would really mean a lot to us if you would put that in a review on Google. Yeah. So those are little building blocks that every little thing helps to win the battle of getting that guest to actually look at your website. And then what you do in terms of what you invest in that website is what's going to keep them there long enough for them to be interested to look at something and yeah. potentially book something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, there's just so many pieces to this. So... Um, you know, I'm not afraid to say that we, uh, we're, you know, we're very strong on direct reservations, but um, you can't do without distribution. You can't do without partners. Yeah. And you'd be crazy not to overlook the value of the eyeballs that they can bring you. Yep. Um, but you need to do everything you can to, you know, ideally win um, either the long-term relationship. So you may do, a, you may regard a booking that comes through a platform as a customer acquisition strategy and yep. i think that that's totally valid yeah um but then what do you put behind that to make sure that that guests i'm going to return to you as a direct guest in the future you yeah. know that's kind of where the rubber meets the road is yeah. can you get the guest to return and then obviously it's a win when the guest will book with you direct because then that begins that holistic kind of like they're the ones that are going home telling their friends hey if you're going to steamboat call the moving mountains you yeah know? You've already beat the competition at that point because that well that is the you know that's probably the reason why people buy a luxury car why they buy a Mercedes over a Ford is they want something that's you know considered to be the next 
um, the next step up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, uh, there's, there's nothing like a great word of mouth referral from somebody that you trust. Right. Have you guys ever explored with any sort of affiliate sort of a, a campaign where, hey, if I get my friend a book, uh, both of us get five or ten percent off our say or anything. Have you guys tried to incentivize word of mouth a little bit more at all or or not really? Um, I mean, it seems it's not the reason why people would do it. I mean, yeah. My experience, I, I get what you're saying, that, but I don't, I don't think people are doing it so that they can get um, a check in the mail from us. Um, or even a discount on their own stay. Like, hey, or like, a discount on their yeah. own stay. I mean, we're, we try to obviously say thank you whenever we can. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, if we get a referral for um, property management um, opportunity, then, you know, for sure, we're going to step in and, and thank that person for that referral yeah. in a meaningful way. Yeah. Um, you know, there are just so many connections. At the end of the day, I would say most people are recommending to their friends yeah. um, to go and have this experience because they want them to have a good experience. That yeah. They're not saying, well, I'm doing this so I can get a, a referral commission. But, yeah. yeah, you know, we have an open mind to all these things. Yeah. So if, I mean, hey, if you don't need it, then yeah, if you don't need it, you don't need it. Right? Say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I do want to ask about, about OTAs because I know that you've got, um, you know, you've learned a lot. Uh, you've been in the industry for a while and I'm sure you have a love-hate relationship with them. Um, and you did just mention sort of Airbnb as a potential initial guest acquisition strategy or or, or, or an OTA like it. Um, but that not being a great long-term solution, I, I, I do just want your your sort of like thoughts on how how to structure this, especially for folks who uh, you, you've been in the industry for a while. You've been able to build a brand right for yourself that is recognizable, and you've been able to tap into this network of people that have stayed with you all for years, and they keep coming back, and they're telling all their friends and family about you. And and quite frankly, your portfolio is just a size that is like you know it, it's two hundred plus properties, right? You're you're able you're able to sort of rely on that, but a lot of folks that have gotten into into the industry a little bit more recently, right? Um, Airbnb has to be, or, or, or you know, I, I haven't seen a better launch strategy than at least launching on Airbnb if you're new to the space and you don't have a brand already developed. So, like, how do you think about the relationship between OTAs and direct booking strategies? And like, if you were starting your company today over, like, would your perspective on the value of OTAs uh, be be different, or or do you feel like 
nope. From you know, if I even if I was starting moving mountains today, we would be all in on direct booking strategies and only use OTAs as like a, a last resort. Like, how, how do you think about this dynamic? Um, what I would tell somebody if they were starting today is you cannot live without the OTAs, and I would say we prefer not to live without them either. Yeah. Um, you know, in a love hate relationship, I'd say there's probably more love than hate. Yeah. Um, they they have um, their pain points. Um, but they, they continue to evolve. Yeah. You know, there's reasons why you work with people and re- there's sometimes reasons why you would choose not to. And we haven't found enough reasons not to work with them at this point. Yeah. Um, but the foundation of anyone getting into this, if they, if you were setting up moving mountains today, I would absolutely tell, tell you that your foundation should be around having a booking direct booking strategy and having a person-to-person relationship with a customer from day one. Yeah. But, you know, chicken and egg situation, you need the customer <laughs> in order to get the repeat customer and ideally to get the direct customer in the future. And you you need to, get you know, a marketing program takes time and costs money. So yeah. to work your way into the marketplace, there's no question that Airbnb and VRBO are going to be the cheapest. It's pay-as-you-go marketing. It's going to be the cheapest, most valuable source of, of new opportunities. And it's incredible what that gives you. I mean, you're positioned on the stage alongside a company like ours that has been around 25 years. Yeah. So you as a one-to-one host, even if you start with one home, yeah. you have an equally good chance to compete for that business on that platform. Yeah. But how you grow your business and how you get people to come back to you as a company is going to depend on your commitment to a strategy of developing a brand. Yeah. So, you know, do you want to be a brand? Do you have that opportunity? I, I think it's easier for some and harder for others. Um, you know, it's tricky when um, what you're offering in terms of the lodging experience could begin to be interpreted as somewhat commoditized. Yep. But you want to get away from it, things that feels like the same. Yeah. If you're locked into, I've got uh, 200 units, you know, and I say units because they probably are all pretty much the same. Let's say you're you're um, you're managing uh, rentals in a in a property where maybe it was even purpose built for for a vacation rental. Yeah. It's going to be very hard to differentiate between the individual properties that you manage. So then your task is, um, how do I, what, what are the benefits for me and what are benefits to the guest, um, to, to have the guest book with me direct. Yeah. And I mean, we can point out some obvious ones that I think the market is still waking up to. It's more expensive for you to book through Airbnb or VRBO. Yep. You're paying a platform user fee Yep. and you're costing the, um, the management company a commission too. And you're also putting someone else between you and the communication. Yeah. And, you know, why we work so hard at our guest communications is because we think we can do a better job when we can communicate one-to-one rather than working through a platform. It's impossible to communicate to the level that we want to yeah. um, through the Airbnb platform. Yeah. So, you know, we want, we, we're not doing it to, to we're, we're not working hard at getting a direct communication to uh, subvert what Airbnb is trying to do, we're trying to make sure that we can offer the best experience to the guests. Yeah, and ultimately, the guest that is looking for that is learns that I'm I'm going to have a better flow of communications if I just talk to the people that are managing the house that I'm actually booking. Yeah, and and we kind of just continue to 
take that to the next level. Yeah. What what I think is interesting is I do feel like some of this is is maybe generational and maybe maybe at the time that Airbnb came came onto the scene too, there there was like a, a real like lack of trust in. I, I mean, a, a lot of these operators, quite frankly, they either didn't have a website. You had to like call a phone number. Like I still remember when my parents would like book a you know a vacation rental for us and. I mean, uh, of all the websites, uh, you know, that were out there, the vacation rental website seemed like the most sketchy at the time because they were asking for money, but they looked like it was really bad or you had to call and give your credit card over the phone. And it, and it was at a time, right, as Airbnb came onto the scene where all of a sudden they were bringing this this totally new UX and, and UI experience for for the guest, right, of like, hey, trust us. We, we've got your back. If something goes wrong, you know, we, we, we've got you covered, right? And obviously there, there have been pros and cons to that over the years. I think hosts have had a love-hate relationship with, with Airbnb over, over the years. And so, what, but what I think is happening now is like, there's been there's been enough movement, there's been enough change in, in the industry where you're seeing folks like what you're doing with Moving Mountains, uh, and maybe you were doing this all along and, and just others weren't, but build like these really cool brands, establish right, a, a great brand communicates trust to to a prospective guest. I think the problem is and why people have been hesitant to book direct as in as great rates uh, or I should say as, as great uh, percentages as I think many people would like is the trust component, right? Like I if especially if I'm a first time guest, like where's your social proof? If if I if I can't find Google reviews, right? If I if if I go to your Instagram and I don't see lots of great content. I don't know. I, I'm willing to kind of take the risk to book through the platform just to protect my own, you know, vacation, right? And so I but I do think we're we're arriving at a moment where we're sort of evolving for that. Or the or the best property managers, the best hospitality entrepreneurs are recognizing how important social proof is and are really investing in 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 the development of their own brand. So I'm excited because I because I do think more people are going to be able to do what you have been able to do with with moving mountains, kind of going forward, because we're finally at a point where the industry is taking these these things seriously in a way that maybe even five years ago wasn't quite the case. Oh, you're you're dead on. I mean, you know, the most important thing here is, uh, you know, at the center of let's say a relationship. I use that word again. Um, is comes the word trust. Yeah, and um, trust comes from having a a strong well-founded relationship. So if you if you don't know the company, then it's hard for you to build that trust. Yeah. And um, you know, so Airbnb, I I I'd be the last person to say that Airbnb hasn't improved the industry because it has created it, it it has educated a lot of um people in this industry that this is the standard yeah. to which we all have to operate. Yeah. And prior to Airbnb, prior to VRBO, um, and the work that those companies have done to um, improve the experience for their customer. Um, prior to that, there, you know, one of our greatest challenges was um, this expression of uh, a vacation rental that is significantly not as described, and <laughs> that disappointment. Yeah, you know, yeah. it turns it can entirely turn you off that experience. So turn you back to, I'm going to stay in a resort. I'm going to stay in a hotel, because why do people stay in resorts and hotels? And hotels have. You know, they should be everybody's roadmap as to how to execute on the, on the idea of a brand, developing a brand. Why do hotels have brands? Why does Marriott have, what, 20, 30, 40 different brands under yeah. its one roof? Is because each one of those brands is an ex, an expect sets a series of expectations with the customer yeah. about what 
staying in that place is going to be. Yeah. Under the roof of Marriott, we're a great company. Yeah. You can trust us. So the vacation rental industry is evolving with these platforms. Like these platforms have have uh, allowed a lot of other people who maybe have would have gone right by vacation rentals to begin trusting. Yeah. And as various brands are emerging, uh, various collections, then that's that's the next stage is, well, the brands have more sticking power than the platform. Yeah. And I, that's something that we work at. Yeah. Um, so yes, every guest that comes to us through Verbo or Airbnb that might rebook with us in the future as a direct client, you know, I credit Verbo that they, their philosophy has changed from trying to hold on to the guest like a vice <laughs> to uh, to saying, if you win the guest direct, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is because the guest um, is choosing to go back to that location and is now saying, I trust that manager enough um, that I'm going to just book with them direct. Because yeah. ultimately, that if, if we do our job right, then that should be a better experience for the guest. Yeah. But we, um, where where the platform still has its benefits, um, which the industry as a whole needs to understand, is people are going to go back to the platform when they say, well, I stayed last year in Steamboat, now I want to go to Maui, um, and in the fall we might want to go somewhere on the East Coast, Yeah, um, maybe go over to somewhere like uh, over in Europe. So it's an incredible thing that you can look at all vacation rentals all over the world on one platform and and come back to... I can book almost anywhere in the world. I'm not going to know all the different managers in those different markets. Yeah. And I might be able to do the research that helps me validate that that's a good choice. But the chances are, if I'm going into a new location for the first time, I'm probably going to lean towards using one of those platforms yeah. because they offer so many safeguards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it just takes time to build that trust up. And, uh, you know, it's not... Nothing about this business for me happens quickly. Um, you know, the companies that are growing so quickly, I just, I sometimes I'm just amazed Yeah, that you can enter a market and have 150 homes after two years. Yeah. Because for us to get to that level, it truly, it took us 20 years. Yeah. And um, it, it, maybe it's um, at the end of the day, the, the, the benefit of that is that um, we've had long-term relationships with those homeowners. You know, many of those homeowners are now with us more than 10 years. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they're in it for the long haul, which given the current econo economic circumstances is hopefully is a good thing yeah. because, you know, it's not going to be 2021 again. It was easy for anyone to enter the market yeah. and deliver great results uh, in 21 and 22 because the demand was off the charts. Yeah. And, you know, money trumps everything for uh, many homeowners. So they might be willing to look by some of your other failings because they're like, well, look at the money that's coming in. Exactly. Yeah. But can you prove yourself in uh, a more uncertain market? And yeah. I know that in general, people say that the, the demand for vacation rentals is continuing to be strong. But, you know, we have a lot of issues about in certain markets about more supply coming in. So dilution of demand. Yeah. And then, you know, continuing to perform uh, to the level of satisfaction that allows you to keep that relationship with that homeowner, you know, that's that's everybody's new biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, th- this is so s- there's there's just so much gold here, Robin, and I, I just really appreciate your your perspective and and your your story here. Uh, I did want to sort of close out our conversation by by talking about your your kind of next moves here. So I know that you know moving mountains uh, as a brand you you're working on uh, evolving. I don't know if you're considering. I don't know if you will be considering these sort of sub brands or, or separate operations entirely, separate businesses entirely. But you 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 mentioned this briefly earlier about moving oceans. Um, and, and I'd love to just hear a little bit about sort of like what, what the future looks like, because I think, right, based off of everything that you've just shared with us, if, if you're able to successfully sort of launch an entirely new collection and get guests that have stayed at moving mountains to now also stay at, you know, moving, moving oceans, that is, you've, you've cracked a nut that I think has been so hard for people in this industry to figure out. Like it's really, really, really hard, I think, to have retained guests and a substantial number of those retained guests, let alone to get those guests to travel with you to to a new place, right? Uh, you know, the Ritz-Carlton's of the world can do it. It's it's hard to do in the vacation rental world. So talk to us a little bit about like what the what the future looks like and, um, yeah. and, and you know, wh- where we're at in terms of, of seeing that come to fruition. Um, well, thanks, Zach. Yeah, I think, you know, having seen the, su- the success we're having in uh, guests who are staying with us now in multiple locations in Colorado has got us excited about the potential of, well, what if we were in, uh, you know, so I'll actually start with um, moving beaches. So, um, you know, we <laughs> we didn't think that the Moving Mountains brand, it's on name itself, um, would float so well in a beach market. So uh, <laughs> the brand evolution has been moving beaches and moving oceans so far. And beaches, we're starting with uh, a collection of uh, luxury villas uh, trying to achieve the same level of experience and standard in Costa Rica. Wow. And um, if that is successful, then I think that we'll explore the potential of other beach markets from there. So um, that in some ways um, is similar to, you know, there's, enough overlap with um, the fact that we offer these beautiful homes and chalets in Colorado that we feel comfortable that, you know, we're talking about homes by the by the beach in Costa Rica, which is a country that uh, our family has loved visiting over the years. And we realize um, it's kind of a diamond in the rough. That's hmm. certainly on many people's go-to list. Yeah. But there's a lot of people who've never been there and if they have been there, what I've seen is that they have resorted to a resort. Hmm. Um, so when you go stay in a resort and you're driven in through the gates and and everybody speaks English and it's um, kind of a sanitized, um, safe experience, you're not really experiencing that country the way that we've experienced it as a yeah. family. So yeah. um, I feel like something is missing there and that that's an opportunity for us and and we're exploring how we can deliver that experience, working in partnership with a local local manager that we trust. So um, there's there's a lot of new ideas in there that, um, you know, like I said, we're the product of sometimes of our failures more than our successes. We're hoping we can be the product of our success in this case. Yeah. And uh, and all we have right now is a lot of uh, interested guests who've said, yeah, when you're ready to launch this which we're hoping to launch this in the next month, um, that you'll you'll see some significant interest there. Wow. So that's that's beaches. And then oceans for us is um seeking the opportunity to return to our origin story, which, you know, at 25 years is kind of significant for us. And it maybe ties into a bit of a passion project for Heather and myself in that 
we're actually um, building a boat to go into charter kind of separately from moving oceans wow but moving oceans would be um a charter broker an advisor to somebody who would like to book and plan a a yacht charter vacation wow so i have a member of uh, our team who's a who's a fully qualified broker who's experienced and uh, and knows many of the boats we we want to work with um we've invested the time in kind of getting to know the industry from the inside out and uh, and again i think like it's what you said about trust is can we leverage that trust into um creating new experiences for our guests because ultimately if we can keep a guest in the family then they're now um coming to us for potentially a beach vacation a mountain vacation a sailing vacation yeah maybe not something they're all going to do in every year yeah but allowing them to have different experiences and keeping it interesting for us and our staff too yeah ah uh, that is uh that is fun that is just fun robin and and what's really cool about that too is if you guys are able to do this successfully this is this is just like a wonderful model because you know i, I know people in in my life that they'll only they'll only travel like internationally if they know that they can go stay at a brand like at a hotel brand that like has a place that you know um that that they feel comfortable staying in because they're just not as you know adventurous as, as I might be or as you know my, me and my wife might be and it, so again we're we, I, I think we're seeing sort of this start to happen in the vacation rental space but I, I really don't think it, it's happened at scale yet and so if you're able to if you guys are able to pull this off I, I really do think it'll it'll help give people others maybe some people who are listening to this conversation right now a model that they might be able to sort of emulate in in their respective context so i'm just thankful that you're here i'm thankful that you are building with with such heart and uh and, and building in a, in a very responsible way and and it, the vibe i get from you anyways I, I don't know you that well robin but the vibe i get from you is that you're incredibly passionate about this and you're just you're you're really trying to do it the right way. Um and you know, I just have mad respect for for people like you. So I'm just appreciative of you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story. For folks who are listening in that wanna stay at a Moving Mountains property, we'll have Moving Mountains uh, website linked in the show notes below. And then if you don't mind, Robin, I'll throw in your LinkedIn profile in the show notes below in case anyone listening here wants to reach out and connect with you. Sounds great, Zach. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate the opportunity to chat. It's good to meet you finally in person and uh, uh, hopefully we'll see you again in the future. Yes, likewise. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach. Z-A-C-H at Spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at Spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>